Right. See, the thing about that is that it implies that they um that like cave women were really good at sucking. Okay. So they'd be good at blood drops. I got that. Oh, we're recording. Okay. <clears throat> Do I sound good? Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast to be part man, part machine, all cop. Uh, my name is Terry DePaul, and this week I am not the host. Kai, take it away. Okay. <laughs> You're so prepared. So one of the episodes that I enjoyed was the bookworm episode. You have no intro, huh? You told me not to have an intro. You said, I have written a mini intro. I'm going to throw it directly to you. Yeah. Have no intro. Yeah, but that was on purpose to betray you. And so I did as I was told. I was not going to tell, you know, our listeners that this episode of the School for Wayward Nerds podcast, we were looking at the 1966 Batman TV show. Focusing mainly on season two. I myself am going to break that rule almost immediately. Well, I, th- I think there's a focus around season two because that's when they threw a lot of random villains that didn't exist prior or after. For some reason, season two is where they all, for the most part, reside. Well, so season one <laughs> we did pretty much like episode for episode Mm -hmm. of season two i didn't want to do the same thing so okay i still might yeah but so i i asked you this is sort of a list episode yeah because i asked you to pick a couple of your favorite or most interesting villains Mm -hmm. i picked a couple of mine and we're just going to back and forth it yeah it's a list episode but that's the thing, it's kind of like an episode slash character profile list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first? Or I do, go? because my guy, I'm as I said, I'm going to immediately break it. Okay. Yeah. So, one of the episodes that I enjoyed was the Bookworm episode. Mm-hmm. It's actually from season one. I believe it's 29 and 30. Um, he was a villain that was created for this series by William Dozier, Larry Pierce, and Henrik Velleritz. However, it never really goes into his origins or motives, which is a pretty common thing for Batman 66. Yeah, they like to imply that it, it's the Arkham Asylum rules. This Batman was already Batman, and the villains are already villains. Yeah. Um, Batworm uses... He's gone. Batworm. Batworm. You also haven't introduced us. If they don't know who we are by now. Oh no, I did. Coming in on the I did. Good work. You're welcome. Bookworm uses the plot of books in order to create a series of clues which ultimately will lead the caped crusaders to his crimes. It's a riddle of a book. Yeah. Um, At the end of the two episodes, we learned that he has been trying to steal a heavily guarded stockpile of valuable books. Toby, what books do you think are important enough that they are heavily guarded in Gotham City? I was going to say a Bible, but you lost me at Gotham City. 
I, I don't, don't even think a Bible is that important. What if it was the first one? I don't think it would be in Gotham City. <laughs> yeah, you lost me in Gotham. This, this was my point. Um, It's the original novel adaptation of the 90s film Moulin Rouge. Bookworm <laughs> did eventually make it into the comics, but only what was the by bo- name. In 1989's Secret Origins, when Riddler mentions him as one of the villains you never see anymore. He does appear. Um, throughout the title, Riddler mentions a number of the 66 villains, which I think is a pretty cool nod, you know. It's sneaky, because they did completely ban like calling Robin Chum and stuff. So the fact that they snuck a few, anything that references the 60s show, it's actually very impressive that they got away with it. Mm. Um, like we said in our first Batman 66 episode, the Riddler in that series it's goes a lot harder than he had to. No, he's fucking wild. He, he's a bit intense. Yeah. So he's what Mark Hamill's Joker is based on. Yeah. Not the Joker, which is funny. I do like that. But if you'd seen the, um, the film that took place between season one and two, you could... Joker's almost a henchman against crazy-ass Riddler. It's fun. Mm. Back in the day when Joker wasn't top joke. When he wasn't completely overplayed. Um, Bookworm then made an appearance in The Huntress, Mm -hmm. um, a story arc from late 1989, where the character was finally given a backstory and a name. Um, I'm probably going to get this name wrong. That's not it. (laughs) Alexander Worthen. Yeah. Um, he, th- his backstory, he would get locked in a cupboard while his mum worked on puzzles. He once set himself on fire in the cupboard in order to, like, get her to let him out. He was badly burnt and then badly beaten. I don't remember him looking like that. Um, as a result of this childhood, he grew up to be a serial killer. In the end, Huntress dresses like his mum, oh, yeah, causing him to part, yeah. this fall is... into his own contraption, killing him. Yeah, this is the aftermath of the Dark Knight, right? Like, returns, so everything is, like, stupid, edgy, dark. Um, I don't really count either of these as a bookworm appearance, because one of them, he's mentioned only by name, and the other one has nothing to do with using literary devices or anything like that. Um, you've also got him in uh, Gotham Academy. And I don't fully understand its canon and how that works. But he's an English professor in that one. Mm. Which makes more sense for the character, I suppose. Um, he did make an appearance in the 2013 Batman 66 comic book series. Uh, yeah, of course. However... It's the Batman 66 comic book series, so if he didn't, it would be weirder. Yeah. Um, Speaking of appearance, I think that's part of the reason why I like the character. You like his hat. I do. (laughs) Um, He wears a brown leather suit, which has been sewn together to look like a book binding, with a matching fedora that has a book light attached. Yeah. He also has heavy, thick-rimmed glasses, which has a trick radio. Um, he has a genius level intellect due to his photographic memory, 
meaning that he can read any book in seconds while remembering quotes from each chapter, page, and paragraph. Um, in 66, he was played by Roddy McDowell, um, who has this um, really strong jaw, um, and you will probably know him as the voice of Jarvis Tetch from Taz. Yeah, he's that guy. I think he's like a... He's the dude who tells you the tutorial in the Bugs Life PlayStation game. Oh, really? I don't remember I if he's that. actually in Bugs Life, but I know he's in the game. Well, he, he plays Mad Hatter in the animated series. Speaking of games, mm-hmm. he also appears in the Arkham City tie-in Arkham Unhinged. I don't know if I've seen that one. He single-handedly ruins that entire fucking book series. The, the Arkham City Batman who has faced all sorts of trials and tribulations. I'm not going to say with ease, but, you know, he's good. We spend five entire months' worth of the comic adaptation trying to track down Bookworm. It ends with him going, oh, well, I'll just find him another time, and giving up, and the book ends. I feel like that's not his fault. I feel like that book... That series started off really good, and a lot of the issues were direct references to, like, the trivia that comes with a riddle trophy. Mm. Like, it was a lot of, like, explanation stuff, which was fun. Eventually, I think they ran out of trivia to do book about, and then they just dicked around looking for Bookworm for almost half a year. And then then they don't find him. Well, then technically he doesn't appear. No, no, he appears, but Batman sure shit didn't see him. Mm, I'm counting that as a non-appearance. I'm counting that as a fucking disaster. Um, talking about appearances, Bookworm actually appears in the animated series, however, only as a background character alongside Egghead and King Tut. In the animated of... series? Mm. Which animated series, Kyle? The animated series. I feel like I would have known about this. Because, at the time, American Broadcasting Networking owned the rights to the character as he was created for the show and not for DC Comics. Okay. So they couldn't draw attention to him because technically it's not their character. Hmm. Um, He also went on to appear in Batman Brave and the Bold alongside King Tut, Egghead, Imposter Mad Hatter, The Archer, False Face, Black Widow, Siren, Marsha Queen of Diamonds, Louis the Lilac, Ma Parker, and Shane. Um, they are all defeated by Batman and Green Arrow when they try and escape prison. No, they're, they're not great. No. I'm assuming you're Googling to, like, get me wrong. Yeah, because, I don't know, maybe you mean a different animated series to what I'm thinking of. Look, all of my research said the animated series. Hmm. Which would make sense, because they had the voice actor. Yeah. It was around. Um... So, on to the episode of Batman 66, Mm -hmm. because I'd like to give you a little context here. Um, And mostly because I think, like, the two people that I've picked and their episodes make them a very compelling story as to, like, they could have taken down Batman. Those were ones that stood out amongst the, um, Joker's Obsessed with Keys this episode. There's stories that I think if they pulled in the comics and maybe tweaked a couple of things, they're actually super compelling. Yeah, I have one definitely, like, if you take away, like, 
the cheesiness of the 60s and also the racism of the 60s. They're not about it. Um, but you got to shave a lot of stuff off for that. So at the start of the episode, we're inside the Wayne household, mm-hmm. watching as a new bridge is being opened. Um, as we're watching the TV show, um, we see Commissioner Gordon gets shot and falls off the bridge. Yeah, of which was course. wild in the show itself. It's wild. Like, it was very compelling. Hmm. If you didn't know anything, you would you would be like, okay, Gordon just died. Yeah. They played um, it pretty serious for such a goofy show. Bruce and Dick obviously don't take it well. Quickly change into Batman and Robin and rush to, complete, to the police headquarters. Where they're explaining what has happened. Gordon just casually walks in and is like, oh, I got held up by some bookworm crap. We should call Batman and Robin. Oh, hey, you guys are here. What's going on? Um, later in the episode, um, Bookworm manages to drive his mobile library to a dark alley and fakes a kidnap. I do like that he's driving one of those bookmobile fucking vans. Um, Batman tries to go <laughs> after Bookworm while leaving Robin with the lady to wait for the police to come. However, it turns out that she is Bookworm's mole and she ends up kidnapping Robin. I like that everyone has a Harley Quinn in this show. It's great. It is. Also, I like the American mole and not the Australian. Um, just, you know, slang. Um, they use Robin in order to lure Batman into a giant cookbook um, in which the kitchen inside the cookbook is filling the pages with hot steam and will end up cooking the pear. It's not how books work, but it's fine. Um, the police are struggling to open the book and contemplate calling Riddler to come and help. But decide against that. It's always weird when they reference like another villain because they don't normally do it. No. Um, anyway, as we know, Batman manages to get free. Um, he manages to solve everything that's going on. Happy days. The only other thing I will say about this episode is this is the very first window cameo. Yeah. Um, it featured Jerry Lewis, who was actually in DC Comics at the time, so it wasn't all that odd. No, we've seen Dumber. <laughs> Almost like the one we watched last night. That was a fucking coked out of episode. <laughs> it's weird to say best of things. So that's my first person for comics consideration. Mm-hmm. Alright, so my first one is one of the ones that really doesn't appear much at all. Outside, in little comics and cameos and stuff. But I feel like... Even though we're saying ones that were born and killed exclusively for the 60s show, none of them, even if they do have cameos, have had... A, a, they don't like have a, a foothold. They have not got, like, a story arc to them, mm. you know? They're just kind of there. Like, remember Harley Quinn was in her little tie-in comic, and then she... Her, her, um, her cell broke during... The um, No Man's Land earthquake, mm-hmm. thus putting her into canon. She's like, yeah, I was just I was locked up. Here's my origin up to this point. I was here for like months. Yeah. I wasn't just added because I'm really popular all of a sudden. But none of these characters have had that. 
No, sir. No. No, sir. Um, so, one of the 1966 exclusives I decided to take note of for some fucking reason was Marsha, Queen of Diamonds. Why was this my choice? I don't know. So, <clears throat> this is a woman who takes the the diamonds are a girl's best friend thing very seriously. Um, first appearing in episode 57 of the original run, Marsha is played by Carolyn Jones. Um, I think that's maybe what got my attention, because this show is from the 60s, so I don't recognise much of the guest stars aside from one that I'm going to talk about next and probably this one I don't think I've managed to pick anyone else out of a crowd um, I mean we know Frank Orton for being Riddler yeah like we know them from the show but we don't know them from other stuff um, and uh, Carolyn Jones is the original TV version of Morticia Adams of the Adams mm-hmm. family well, actually we're, we're both wrong hmm Season 3 Catwoman. We know her as Yzma. Yeah, Eartha Kid, yeah. Good. Yeah, it's weird that she sounds like Yzma. It's very distracting. <laughs> Technically, that's the only other one we no, have. You've got me there. We, we haven't hit Season 3 properly yet. No, but I know that that's yeah. going to be one that's really going to mess with me. Also, mostly because I like current Catwoman. But I'm. It's not Lee Merriweather. She was the movie one. So we're looking at. God damn it! I was I was trying hard to remember this yesterday. Um. I should remember it from yesterday because we saw her episodes. Yeah. God damn it! (laughs) This is a blind spot. I could I. I don't know why I'm trying to remember it so hard, but trying to remember all three of the original Catwomen is very hard work. Um, trying to Google it, does one. Yes, that that lady, please. Oh, she's got a little name. Julie Newmar. God damn it. Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar. Um, yep, yeah, she's good. Um, so Marshall's first appearance is a slick ass on a place called the U Magnum Diamond Exchange. Um, she does this heist by controlling the police chief. She just waltzes in with him, police escort and everything. She takes the, uh, uh, fucking 60s. She takes the pretzel diamond. Oh, yes. I was very disappointed. She picks it up and it's a diamond shape. <laughs> um, yeah, and anyone who makes a move against her will be arrested. It's kind of cool. She's like a combination of Catwoman Stevery. Poison Ivy's male control, and a little bit of Rat Catcher's hostage collecting. Yeah. If you want to hit a, a more grim 90s character <laughs> trope in here. And I say that because she drops O'Hara off um, the police chief. She drops him back off in his huge man cave when she's done with him. I'm sorry, cage. Man cage. A big bird cage, like a go-go dancer. And there's several others. Some already filled with lovesick men. Um... What else does she have? She's got vaguely Arabian goons. Um, yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah, because she's does not have any stereotypical things. She's just a white woman with a bunch of Arabian guys. Um, she has a stupid Cupid statuette that fires love potion tipped darts. That and her final cool. gimmick is Aunt Hilda. I love Aunt Hilda. She's Arkham material. She is a crazy old bitch. Um, and... She thinks she's a witch, but really her only potion to ever work is the love potion, and the rest are just, like, junk. Yeah. And I could see her making an actual Arkham appearance. 
Because that would fit the realm of Arkham. Oh, a yeah. woman that psychotically is convinced she's a fucking witch. And, and they're all like, no, cauldron. you made roofies one time by accident, and every other potion you make is mostly just Windex and juice. And get the get bathes, the fucking yourself. Bathes in a giant cauldron. Yeah, she does bathe in a big cauldron. Yeah, I like the. I would like to see these two translated into an oh, actual yeah. comic book version because you've got a gold digging woman that could very easily go after Bruce Wayne oh, and yeah. her crazy bitch aunt for no. <laughs> just put her in. Every family has them. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the episode arc um that she has. Is that she wants the Bat Diamond? I don't fully understand the '60s understanding of computer science, but inside the Bat Cave, there is a huge ass diamond that powers the Bat Computer. Um, they made it using the Bat Press, which just shows how overpowered Batman was even then. Everything is Bat. Yeah. Anyway, it's a big ass diamond, and she wants it. Um, she uses her Cupid darts to control Chief O'Hara, eventually Commissioner Gordon, eventually Robin, the Eternal Boy hostage. Um, Batman is too strong-willed for the stuff, but needs to protect Robin and his police buddies. Um, but Batman can't sacrifice the Batcave location to a villain. Yeah, it's weird because he's definitely used knockout gas to get people into the cave before. I know, but she wants to go in and break down his, like, computers. No, look, he's got a... I don't know, his understanding of the situation's weird, old, old Batman. Um, yeah, instead of doing the thing where he just gasses them, puts them in the car, takes them to the cave, and then gives them the gas antidote. Which I'm pretty sure is just she's will- spray. I mean, yeah. She's w- he's willing to give up the diamond to save the people. That's not the issue. It's the issue is getting a villain in the cave. Um, her, <laughs> her fucking suggestion is to um, get married to Batman. Um, she will release the men, and she will have access to the Batcave fair and square, because, you know, what's mine is yours and all that stuff. <laughs> Seeing no other option to save Robin and the others, um, Batman caves and agrees to marry her. Uh, beating out Catwoman by literal decades. Um, thanks, Tom King, for doing all that build-up for two years and then giving us no payoff. Um, I mean, when have they ever, though? And that's the episode's cliffhanger. There's no silly death traps, no joker, no gas bombs, no city in peril, just you, that tank, and me. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it's very unique for the 60s series to not yeah, have a death trap. It's usually always a death trap. Yeah, because even Robin's not in danger. He's just horny in a cage. Yeah. Like, he's got water. He's got it, a little he's water. He's not him, though. Yeah, but it's not a death trap. He could live comfortably as a little simp you, forever. if you pay very close attention to, you his, know... His horrible maiming. <laughs> I was going to say, too... Um, trigger him behind the scenes. He is very horribly injured. Yeah, there's a there's a fight scene with him just like covering up his bandaged arm with his cape, so you don't see that he's fucking injured. But the show must go on. And then it falls down, and like his full arm is bandaged. And then for the next like twenty episodes, you can tell that that poor child like went through some crap. Um, so the scheme is uprooted, like at, at the wedding, by Alfred of all people, which is very cool as well. Um, he's claiming to be a lawyer and stopping the wedding by claiming Batman is already married and has run away from his wife. Can you imagine that in canon? Like, a time in which Batman is thought to be sluttier than Bruce Wayne. That's kind of fun. I don't think I've ever done that before. I would also like to point out the fact, though, he is apparently... Okay, I won't. What what about it? I was just going to say that he's getting married to, um, 
the art. Yeah. Who is never good at anything in this book. If you if you've listened to um, Hollywood Babylon, Kevin Smith is not a fan of either Alfred or the art. Alfred's fine, but Anna Harriet is just the worst. She just serves no purpose. I don't know what happened. Yeah, because wh- I don't know what? what happened on the journey to be like. We have to prove Batman and Robin aren't gay together. Let's add a weird old lady that's related to them and not like a doesn't promote any heterosexuality whatsoever. Like, I don't know what happened in between in the point A to B there. Because if you're just watching out of the corner of your eye, there is an old man, an old woman, a young man, and a younger man. Family dynamic. Mm, see. Maybe. Just also, I'm now starting name. to think that I should have included Aunt Harriet in my list. Huh. <laughs> I feel bad for her. Yeah, well, she's not a villain. Um, yep, so the whole heist plan falls to pieces here, and she, you know, is arrested pretty shortly after. She appears in a later heist alongside Penguin, but according to the female villain's fandom wiki, uh, fails. Nice. Good to know. <laughs> that's great. Oh, is that your your conclusion? That, that's my first character there. Okay. Because okay. not only does she not make it out of the shows, she barely makes it out of her episodes. That's Briefly cameoing as Penguin's sidekick. So she gets demoted to Mole and then just fizzles <laughs> completely. Yikes. Alright. The last villain that I want to talk about mm-hmm. is Ma Parker. This is such a strange one. I think that given the opportunity, she is actually a very dangerous villain within the universe. Look, I don't want to spoil it where your notes go, but if she really rallied the inmates of Arkham to do, like, some big shit, it'd be cool. Yeah. Can't say why she can't. She is pay- played by Shelley Winters. Mm-hmm. Um, Ma Parker is the greatest mother of all time to her three sons and one daughter. We'll learn that while she has a very long rap sheet, she's never been apprehended. She has very clear favoritism for her sons, regularly stating that girls shouldn't be in criminal activity. Ma uses so her motherly weird. persona. Well, I kind of would notice she's a woman. You know what I mean? Like, so that gets pointed out a lot in her different wikis and it's, it's, pages it's, and it's whatnot. Sort of weird, odd. Um, they tick explain. She has. I, I like their cover story for it, that because she is a woman in crime, she doesn't want the same life for her daughter. Oh. So she's trying to use reverse, well, not reverse psychology, but she's like trying to convince her not to do it. But the daughter's so dumb, hence the reason being named Legs. She was That she just like doesn't dopey. get the, you know, yeah. gist. Um... Yeah, Ma uses her motherly persona to get away with most of her crime. Because if she gets caught, she just becomes this defensive, submissive, talking, you know, about how she was only doing it in order to provide for her children. And she really didn't mean anything, like, bad by it. So then the police feel bad for her and she springs her escape. I think that's very intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the episode, Ma and her four children, Pretty Boy, Machine Gun, Man Dog, and Legs, yep. 
Crash the Mother of the Year Award, where they rub all of the women in attendance. Funnily enough, she was the one named Mother of the Year. Just, you know, trivia. Mm. Um, Batman goes to their hideout along with a bunch of police officers where a big gunfight ensues. However, Batman manages to get around and capture the gang. However, Ma Parker plays on her elderly motherly ways again and manages to escape using a smoke bomb that was in her hair. Which would make for a cool visual if she didn't take the fucking smoke bomb out of her hair to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, while doing this scheme, um, one of her children becomes arrested. Okay. Um, the, the episode continues to go on. Um, they try and steal a truck. Another child is apprehended. They then go to a drugstore, because apparently Ma Parker has a headache. And Mad Dog... Menopause, probably. ...is also captured by the dynamic duo. At this stage, we've only got Ma and Legs, and they attempt to hide out in an old folks' home. That rocket rock powered wheelchair. Like, what? They had to get that built, right? Like, yeah. The, the... <laughs> and also, they would have known that it couldn't have gone through walls, and their ultimate goal was to be arrested. How expensive was the rocket powered wheelchair that they needed to go up 10 meters of hallway? <laughs> yeah. But they had to make it look like they didn't want to get arrested. I know, but I, I, I like the deleted scene that doesn't exist where she has to go to, like, some sort of villain mechanic and she's like got all these schematics for a wheelchair and they're all like what's it for and she's like just to get from here to over there i would would do it (laughs) i've got to go collect the mail isn't that two streets over yeah but only one street over (laughs) i don't need to do it now i need i need i need it powerful enough to cross one street those are my demands (laughs) um so everyone at this stage from the parker gang is taken to the penitentiary um or up the river. As an, as they Ar- as an Arkham to. boy, I do love the whole they surrendered with almost no fight. I don't like it. <laughs> Which I have seen somewhere else. Um, once in the penitentiary, the gang's real plan is exposed. <gasps> they have slowly been taken over the prison with their men and have been able to overthrow the warden and run the prison itself. That's right, the lunatics are running the asylum. Um, this is Arkham Asylum, but with Adam West. Pretty much. Um... They use one of these guards in order to plant a bomb in the Batmobile. Whereas if the car goes over 66 miles per hour... Yeah, it's the plot from the movie it'll Speed. It'll blow up. Yeah. The only problem is... He drives the speed that man is a law-abiding cinnamon. Cinnamon. <laughs> law-abiding cinnamon. Um, a law-abiding citizen. And survives in order to go back and check on the game. When he gets there, nothing seems to be out of order, and so he leaves again. But the gang have got control of the underground tunnels too, so they try and get into the city to rob a car that has half a million dollars in it. Just a quick question you don't have an answer to. Why does um, pre-Arkham Arkham have underground tunnels that like just pop up in the streets of Gotham? I don't know. Why were those there in the fucking first place? It's not that they get control of it. It's the fact that the infrastructure was there to begin with. Aqueducts. The warden in that show, man. I don't know. He's, he's not on the really, take, but he he's is no so good. He's so fun. 
Yeah. Oh man, I would hate for him to be a I, real person. I love Batman turns up and he's like, why are all the villains in their costumes? And he's like, I think it's good for them to see who they were and who they could be. Batman's like, just like, you know that he's got smoke, like he's got the ice gun. You know, you know Penguin's umbrella has like a gun in it, right, dude? And he's like, yeah, but if my if my um home for the mentally ill is anything like its reputation, he won't need to use his gun because he will be cured. And then just, <laughs> just like he's just he's confident. He's got big dick energy. The thing I don't know I if he has a big dick to go than, with it. The thing I love even more than Warden Crichton hmm? is the fact that Gordon is behind him a hundred percent. Yeah, well, I mean, he's in charge. What do you want? Every time Batman's like, um... Gordon's reserves his face. He's like, yeah, they're going under Crichton. There's nothing I can do. Fuck it. But that's the thing. Every, every time Batman's like, ah, uh, this guy, he's like, look. <laughs> what do you want It'll be me? fine. Batman's just like, he's, they're, gonna, they're just going to walk out. He is, it is Joker, what it is. Joker literally bounces out on a giant spring, and they're just like, that's what happens in prison. I just want to say the compound fractures he inevitably got when he landed. Oh, he died. He, he completely died. It's a new man. Um, so nothing's wrong. However, so they go into town. Batman manages to rip a piece of fabric off one of them and goes, Ah, definitely the Ma Parker gang. So it goes back, back to the pen- penitentiary again. Um, this time Batman gets captured along with Robin. The two of them get strapped to electric chairs, and Ma Parker decides to kill them at midnight. I just remembered that this is like one of the stupidest death trap. Like, no, this is great. No, I don't. Mm. Ma, so they get strapped to a, a electric chair. Yeah. They have to wait an hour or so until they can be electrocuted. Ma takes the boys and leaves. Batman manages to trick legs into thinking they're planning something without her. So she leaves so that he can call Alfred uh, you know to what? convince the electrical company to shut the power off at exactly midnight. Do you remember the other death trap where it just happened by coincidence that there was a power outage? That's the one I was thinking of. That one sucked. That's not this one, though. Alfred helped. No, this is Alfred convincing the Gotham Board of Electricity to shut it off. I mean, that's okay. So Ma comes back, goes to throw the switch, the power cuts out, that's all it takes for Batman and Robin to get free, overthrow the gang, who then, like, actually get arrested. I'm assuming considering their rap sheet, they get sent away. <laughs> like, I don't chamber. think they come back. Well, they don't, so they probably were all sentenced to death. Um, but I think the thing that makes them, like, they're very intelligent. The whole overthrowing, like, getting into um, the Gotham State Penitentiary and taking it over that way and stuff like that was very smart. But I will point out that the Parker Gang are really the only villains that favor guns, particularly machine guns. It's wild and Which a is show more powerful like than the police force's guns. Because, I mean, Shame has a gun as well, but it's not... It's just a dude with an old-timey revolver. Like, yeah. it's, it's nothing. Um, luckily, they have terrible aim. Oh, they've got Stormtrooper aim. So, w- while they will litter you with bullets, none of them ever hit. Yeah. 
It, they're worse than Stormtroopers. It's just in a, in a, in a, in a land of jack-in-the-boxes and riddles, the fact that they're just walking around with guns and just firing them into crowds is really fucking intense. Yeah. Um, like I said, the only real other appearance within the Batman universe is the Brave and the Bold episode. It's actually titled Day of the Dark Knight. And like I said, Green Arrow assists Batman in stopping these guys from escaping. Yeah. Um, just because I can. History fact. Yeah. So Mar Parker is based on the Mar Barker game, um, also known as Arizona Barker or Ari Barker, um, and is one of... No one names their kid Arizona anymore. I don't... I think she was named Arizona because that's where they started. She ended up in Florida. They should call her Florida. Um, she she was the mother of several American criminals. Yeah, um, she was one of the peak Prohibition era sort of. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say cowboys, but you know what I mean. Um, Barker gained a reputation as a crime matriarch, whom J. Edgar Hoover called the most vicious, dangerous, and resourceful criminal brain of the last decade. Yeah. Um, however, some... I'm sorry, I, I pictured that being a quote from like the Robin Williams night at the museum. See, I pictured <laughs> it from the fish. That's a fish, because though. the night at the museum is Teddy Roosevelt. Oh fuck! <laughs> Thank you. Well, guess what? I'm picturing all of that guy's achievements as the other guy's achievements. Two different people. Don't care. Both presidents. D- two different. Well, people. the one with the big scary smile now has a damn because I said. Okay. <laughs> um. Most people believe that he only said that about her, though, because she was killed in an FBI shootout. I mean, So they think that he was, like, making excuses. Oh, yeah, she was obviously hard work, because our boys got her. Um, The real Ma Barker also did everything she could to protect her children, no matter their crimes. So, you know, they would come up against murder charges, and she'd be like, no, no, no. Yeah, don't worry about it. Couldn't have done that. Don't even stress about it. Her first husband left her. Because he was like, our children, I will, I will use the money that they get, but they're bad people. Yeah. And she was like, no, they're not. No, no, they're fine. Good boys. And she had four boys. A lot of serial killer parents do that, but she, I don't know if she's in denial so much as just like a bad person also. Um, I do have to admit to the fact that Ma Barker and her likeness has been used in many times throughout pop culture, including The Goonies. Uh-huh. DuckTales, Resident Evil Extinction, I've only played the recent one, the Lucky Luke comic books, uh-huh. a song by Bernie M titled Ma Barker, <gasps> Bernie M, I the Rust Ten guy, I picked particular things that I knew you would be interested in, daddy cool, I'm surprised you didn't jump at DuckTales, I'd made the noise from the theme song, um, and she's even mentioned in Lady Gaga's Poker Face, wow, Cool. Uh, I'm yet to read. That's the, the that's the best part of her resume. Yeah, um, I'm yet to read through the very long list of crimes that her son commit. But there's a lot of children. But let me crimes. assure you, I, I was just beside myself at the first son's first crime, so I can only assume they're that great. Yeah. I I told you about it. Do you remember? Yeah, he ran over a baby. No, he was robbing a highway side store. Hmm. And as he was leaving, he ran over a small child. Yeah, I think that's the highlight. That's the part you bring up. He robbed a store, isn't as interesting as smushed a baby. Yeah, but 
he didn't mean to run over the child. He That's... meant to rob the store and then ended up murdering somebody. Kaya, crime accidents are still accidents. still crimes. But he didn't mean to. That wasn't the intent of the crime. He was like, oh, I'm going to rustle this kid for their lunch money. Oh, crap, I shot them in the face. Yeah, we'll bring him up again when we do a nice list episode about the biggest whoopsie daisies of history. <laughs> Speaking of whoopsie daisies. Mm-hmm. Kaya, what if I told you there was a villain in Gotham so devious, so cunning, so excellent that his first appearance... He got control of Gotham on a technicality, exiles Batman, and even deduces his secret identity. Oh. The dude is a bigger threat than Ra's al Ghul. Oh. Technically. I'm telling an you, immortal, there's some great no, uh, uh, villains in this show. An immortal man with a fun mustache and an army of ninjas oh. isn't quite as good as Egghead. <laughs> I Ladies bro- and gentlemen, you, you can't see it, but from below the table, Toby has just pulled out the egghead Lego. I've had if that minifigure in my fucking cell time. If you don't know what the egghead Lego looks like, just Google it. It, it looks like egghead, but a Lego. It's, big old head. It's so great. Alright, yep, yeah, so this is the extraordinary first double feature plot of Egghead. Um, sure, it's trashed with classic 60s buffoonery, egg puns, and drastic racism that makes it very fucked up by today's standards. The racism is a problem. But if the you squint... excellent puns are what I'm here for. If you squint really hard, you see a, f- a really cool and fun debut. If you squint really hard. And, you know... And maybe, like, maybe leave occasionally through episode. <laughs> just, just go in a different room for a minute. Um, the most important detail, of course, being the guest star. Um, if I was going to cover an Adams Family member, of course I was going to talk about Vincent Price. I shouldn't need to spout his resume off, but like House of Haunted Hill kicks ass, and The Last Man on Earth is way better than that bitch I Am Legend version. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, um, test audiences hadn't read the book and didn't like the ending of the Will Smith I Am Legend film, and that's why he wins at the end. Yeah. Technically, the villain wins in that film. Good. Uh-huh. As they should. Um... Um, and The Last Man on Earth is also colorized and free on YouTube because it's that old now. If you want some of that. Um, let's go more into the first episode here, okay? An egg grows in Gotham and a yegg foes in Gotham. I don't, I don't know what that fucking second one means. It's more important that they've rhymed than, if, than actual words. Um, the deal is that the owners of Gotham are renting the land from the Native Americans. Oh no. <laughs> a payment of nine raccoon skins a year. Yeah, it's already fucked up and I apologize. Um, Egghead studies the contract and an evil... He hatches an evil plan. I didn't even write that down, but there you go. Um, His plan is to kidnap the millionaires so that the raccoon delivery um, doesn't happen. Um, They're supposed to deliver it to the last Gotham native... (sighs) Chief Screaming Chicken. Mm. It is an egg-related episode. It is, but he doesn't need to make a bunch of... um, Redskin jerks at his own expense. It's not very good. Um, so, yeah, this causes the contract to be void, and Egghead and, and Screaming Chicken um, are pretty much put in charge of the land of Gotham City. Yeah. Because um, Screaming Chicken makes a deal with Egghead to sell it to him. For a casino. Yeah, you get, yeah. Which is also a real racist. Mm. 
Um, yeah, Batman and Robins are to be shot on sight in the city limits and murder and theft are now legalized. This is one of the few times casual murder is even mentioned in the series. Um, I also noticed a detail re-watching it. Oh, yeah? You know how I'm always like, women that pout in anime make no fucking sense because they don't pout, they just blow their cheeks up really hard? There's a frustrated Gotham citizen that is, he come, runs out of his jewelry store to the police and he's like, they're stealing all my shit. Oh, I like this guy. And they're like, so? There's nothing we can... So they're just following the law. And he's like, well, if you're not going to do anything, I'm going to do something myself. And he goes to cross the street and the police officer gives him a ticket for jaywalking. And he goes really red and he puffs up his cheeks. He did the anime pout. I was like, that's where it comes from, the 60s. It's so that he doesn't say mean things. I mean, there's a lot of horrible things said in this episode. At at, at work, I have to look myself in the cupboard so that I don't say mean things. That's more about you. Um, So, now, with these millionaires in Egghead's sweet psychedelic egg-themed hideout, um, he literally does, like, the murder mystery thing where they all gather around the, the fireplace and deduce the you know the culprit mm-hmm. he, he does one of those moves which is which is fun um batman must be one of these millionaires because they're all the millionaires of gotham um and you have to have that sort of money to fund your activities but also to have the free time to do the activities i i mean he does make a very mm-hmm. like easy to distinguish point all right we t- we take one guy off the list because he has a french accent no good um another is left-handed so he is not it either and um, it pretty much leaves Bruce Wayne. I like the, the only one who of... constantly has a boy sidekick with him, as well. I like I like the fact that he's like not nah, has a French accent. No way he could be it. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I can do a pretty good accent. But if you were Batman, would you bother? Especially in an era yes. before it was really like the thing when the secret identity and the and the superhero did a different kind of voice to each other. Before I think I would. You know, Christian Bale talked like Scooby Doo for some fucking reason. So, yep, they have the dumb death trap. It fails and makes Egghead think that he was maybe wrong about Bruce Wayne. But fucking credit where credit is due. Like he managed to do it before Tim Drake, Roz, I mean Race, Al Ghul, and Bane did later down the line. And came up with a way to test it. Yeah, the fucking brain thing from Riddler in Batman Forever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So after that, it doesn't work. But um, like, it fails. But he tried. You got pretty close. Um, after that, Batman works out that because Egghead has committed crimes against the state, um, he is ineligible to gain control of the city. And at that point, Egghead is already on his way to Venezuela, of all places. He gets caught stealing egg supplies and the day saved or whatever. The second part of most of these episodes is just like the... Um, now we've got to get rid of them. Yeah, we have to just pretty much sweep up this mess. Now, honestly, I love the character. Like we described in our Stripperella episode a very long time ago now. Um, there is there's two lines. There's two very clear, hard, sharp lines. You have the I'll take a couple of puns. That's fine. Then you go past that first line, and there's two dang many, and you're annoying. But beyond that second line, there's the holy shit! It's impressive you are going this far and this hard. Which Stripperella was one of the first times I'd ever gone. Oh, this is ridiculous. And then like four or five stupid pervert jokes later, I'm like. Holy shit, like, well done. Look. <laughs> it just keeps on going. It's impressive, and I applaud it. Yeah, and the way they put the term egg into every fucking sentence. It's great. Like, wow. The sheer amount of dedication. Um, yeah, if you shaved off the typical 
um, Bill Dozier versus nonsense and the Native American racism, it would be a cool story arc. A fucking egg destroys Gotham that hard, he turns it into the Forever Purge. Right? Could you imagine a Batman situation like that? That'd be great. It'd be yeah. such a cool thing to see, read, or play. It, it's fun. Like, could you, like, if yeah, if you shaved all the stupid details, could you just imagine, like, Commissioner Gordon gets a gets a message from the mayor's office that's like, um, there's been a, um, like a, a loophole problem that we've run into with our city property laws. Um, this guy looks like an egg with a mustache, technically owns all of this, and he says, all crimes are legalized, and it's... He that's rever- that. He reverses the crimes, though. Yeah, it, it'd, be, it'd be fun. Yeah. It'd be a fun time. Tangenting into comics here, I guess I have to put up my argument. Because Egghead does appear in a few comics, yes, I know. Um, we have the 60s, the 66, like, tie-in comic, obviously. Um, and he has an issue of the Brave and the Bold tie-in, because the series was a comedy and Egghead fits that style. Um, he cameos very briefly in A Shadow of the Bat, like, really early on in that series. Um, but it was mostly just a crowd filler position. Uh, he is seen in Gotham Academy as someone Bookworm used to know. Um, yeah, Bookworm appears in there too. Um, but it's a school series, so it makes sense. He's a good English teacher. I have all of these examples on your laptop tabs ready to go. They're okay. I didn't even close them. That's good. So we're talking A.S. Scarlet? No, I'm talking about fucking Egghead. Oh. Hang Oh, he's so cute. The art in the Gotham Academy is so goofy and childish. I'm you want me to go from side one, not side backwards. I'm just going to come over and see what you're doing. Okay, so Gotham Academy. Yeah, um, um, and there's your, and there's your uh, bookworm there as well. He's got a nice jelly bean face. I, just, I like the thing where he's just making egg puns at some chick and bookworm's like, yeah, I used to know that guy, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, I don't talk to him anymore. Mm. Again, I love that everyone picks on these characters for being goofy and silly, but even the goofy and silly characters are like, they all think they're hot shit, so they're all like, oh yeah, I don't talk to that one anymore, he's a fucking geek, but they're all the same. But Riddler is like, He probably likes being cooler than someone. He's a bit of a goof. Okay, who am I looking at here? Batman Shadow of the Bat. In Shadow of the Bat, you can see this one bald man. <laughs> it's there's, sort of the middle background. There's actually a few balls. He's there. behind false face too, which is fun. Okay, I like it. Right. See, see, that's about his resume for the Personally, most Personally, I like this Batman burning into the bowl, the evil of Egghead. They really lean into that mustache on that one, huh? They have. Also, there's also a Brave and the Bold cover with Power Girl on it, and she's very pointy and angular too. I'm slightly upset that they didn't make the giant wriggle on his forehead a bat symbol. You'll just have to make your own. Okay. Oh, and yeah, you, you're just a little cutie. <laughs> so it's, yeah, um, it's the tiny tunes book one. Again, the the they don't bring it up much in the show. Really, they don't bring it up anyway. But Egghead's got a big old egghead because it's full of brains. He's one of the smartest men alive. Just put him in. Let's have someone smarter than Lex Luthor for a change. Let's do, do it. I do like that that seems to come up a lot in this. Everyone's the smartest. Everyone's the smartest. Because you've got Egghead, you've got Bookworm, you've got... Batman. Um, Ma Parker is a genius in a different way. They're, Batman. 
Robin is surprisingly good at putting things together that don't go together in order to make them make something. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, I assume it's because it's hard to do um, violence or anything really fancy or cinematic in the Batman TV series. So it's more about... They're, they're smart. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not... Yeah. They, they're they, just, they're they smart. wouldn't That's blow a, something up for the sake of blowing something up. They're smarter than that. Yeah, it's, I think it's that more than anything. Like, we, we just had another villain who... He's not great, but just constantly quotes Shakespeare, including its line and act and everything. Yeah. He was already in comics, but I think that was an accident. Because it's the thing. Like, sure, some of our people have been mentioned in comics and stuff, but they haven't been, like, done. Mm. Alright. Ready for homework? Done. So, the homework is we have to pick one of these villains to go into actual comic book canon and get a big fancy story arc like they fall. They all deserve. But we have to come to an agreement here. I'm going to say not Egghead. Okay. I love him and I think he'd be great, but he looks like an egg. I also and I don't think know if the readers very want that. get over the egg puns after like let's like okay, let's put it this way. Six issue arc. After six issues, you would want to murder him. It's fine. He shows up for half of issue one to announce that he's doing Purge. And then you got three issues of Purge. And then Batman cracks the case, I bet. <laughs> I bet he fucking does. See? That's the problem. That's what it would be. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, look, I love a good pun. I know you do. You're bad for it. No. Alright. Is there any characters that you veto? I'm still leaning on... I, I still want my answer to be Marsha, Queen of Diamonds. It's dumb, but I feel like there's a lot of room to play with it. Because she's not tied down to really anything, honestly. Just love potions and stealing shit. Yeah, but is it... In a too, land when Catwoman doesn't similar? do Diamond Heist fun stuff anymore, she just dicks around giving Batman hand jobs. There's a, va- there's a power vacuum of stealing big-ass crystals in Gotham. We could fill that void, Kato. You and me, I man, just, we could fix it. I just that. worry, particularly after your description. Also, I like just having a weird witch in Arkham. So are we just voting for her aunt? I feel like they're a package deal. I want the aunt. <laughs> so, so I'm paying for the Marshall. I see, I see. I come for the witch, I kind of stay for the witch. The Marshall's alright. <laughs> I feel like Bookworm could be done well. Hmm. But I, I, I agree, but we already have Riddler. Oh, I will. I will you know concede. What I mean? I'm surprised they didn't do a book guy before Riddles. Also, there's I, more books than Riddles. I think we're just at the point where we want more women in comics. Yeah, because they all, they all either get replaced by Harley Quinn or get literally fingered by Harley Quinn. Look, I will give you. I will. I. I, I will Where's Nocturna? What happened? Where's Huntress at the moment? Mm. Black Canary. Is France, is France Can we please have Poison Ivy back? Like actual Poison Ivy. Um, Can Catwoman do stuff again? I, I, I know she has her own book, but like I don't feel like anything happens. I will give you Marsha. Uh-huh. Purely because Mar Parker or Mar Barker appears in more pop culture. Yeah, we already got her other places. 
We've only we've only got Marsha in Adam's family. Alright. No so one even remembers that one anymore because the nineties films kicked fucking ass. We're we're agreeing to the maybe Arabian Well, I'm writing that that Marsh stuff's gone. I'm, I'm not keeping that one. I'm not keeping the Arabian henchmen, just the two. Face it, man, she has love potions. Her goons are simps and like anyone who's just near. Oh, don't mm-hmm. say that because now that's what we're gonna end up with. Yeah, but we put him in a cage. It's fine. Yeah, but she needs like big muscle men to like take care of her. Yeah, it's just her and Aunt Hilda just hanging out at that at, at the gym, just throwing, <laughs> throwing love darts at people. They open a bar. Oh, and they're spiking their own drinks. That's yeah. Cool. Because they've got to test it to see which one of her potions is gonna work. Mm. And you'd have like some witch-themed bar, like Dracula's. Yeah. All right. All right. Alright. I agree to these terms. Alright, well... I hope our listeners did too. In that case... I used an old quote today. And I had to explain what it was. I want to see if you know what it was. Okay. Say hi to your mum for me. Recognise it, but... Like, it rings a bell really loud. But I couldn't place where specifically it comes from. So I said it as a parting line today. Mm-hmm. Then had to turn around and explain. It's what Rove McManus used to say See, I felt like at that was the, the end of Rove Live. My wires were getting crossed because I don't remember like shitty Australian talk shows or sketch comedies. So I was thinking about the American Rosso Hour. <laughs> I mean, at least you were Australian. I was in the ball. I knew I was in the ballpark. I just could not narrow it down any further than that. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been Kai. That has been Toby. Hello. Oh, Say goodbye. hi to your mum for me. Yeah. Tell her she left her fucking socks at my place. Uh... <laughs> and on that note. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening. <laughs>